The Legal Corner Podcast Series. Welcome to today's episode of The Legal Corner, a podcast which covers a variety of legal issues to keep you informed. Hosted by attorney at law Colin Dinoon and communication specialist Leonardo Torres. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Legal Corner podcast. Colin and Leonardo are unable to be present with us today, so they've asked me to step in as their guest host. My name is Danae Larmon. I'm an attorney at law and an author. Today, we have Victor George, an attorney at law in private practice with us. He has been practicing for the last year and has a passion in criminal law. However, he also practices in other areas of law, such as family, probate, civil, immigration, and conveyancing. Mr. George is an attorney on the legal aid panel. He has a heart for people and works with and mentors young persons so that they do not fall prey to the criminal elements in society. Hi, Victor. Welcome. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Okay, so let's get into it. Is there a constitutional right to bail in Trinidad and Tobago? There is no express constitutional right. However, the Constitution does provide for habeas corpus, which would allow a person to be set free when charged, right? However, the Bail Act, which was passed contrary to sections 4 and 5 of the Constitution, provides that right for persons to access bail. Oh, so... You mentioned that the Bail Act provides the circumstances in which persons can get bail. Are there offenses that are non-bailable? There are offenses that are not bailable, and that's found in the Bail Act. Um, It is found under the first schedule, part one, and it says that a person, where a person is charged with any of the following offenses, they cannot access bail. These being murder, treason, piracy, or hijacking, and any offense for which death is the penalty fixed by law. However, there's a recent case, which is Akini Charles, which provides that a person can access bail for murder. So although it has not been amended in the Act, it is provided by case law. Okay, good. But I just realized we're talking about bail and we haven't established what is bail. So can you just give us a brief definition of what is bail? So bail can be defined as a pretrial release, right? It may be considered a contract whereby the accused person is released on certain terms from custody to either himself, right, or to a surety. Right, and that person is responsible to make sure that he attends court for the duration of the hearing until sentencing. All right, thanks. So, what are your thoughts on an accused person being granted bail for murder? You just mentioned that case, but what are your personal thoughts? So, my thoughts are mixed. Reason being, I believe that everyone should have the opportunity to get to gain bail. Right, one. Not all persons are guilty of an offense and they may fall into the system because they were in the wrong place at the wrong time, they were wrongfully accused, 
for many different reasons. So I believe that you are truly innocent until proven guilty. Therefore, you should get bail. I also believe that because the prison system is currently overcrowded, it is really unfair to have somebody inside of prison when they actually may be truly innocent. No, I also believe that if you are charged with murder, right, most times the police will have done their job and they would have gathered the evidence that will point to you. And you don't want to put a murderer in society with other persons for them to repeat the offense, right? So my thoughts are mixed on this particular issue, but I believe that in this age that we are in, there are other safeguards that could assist persons and society so that persons can gain bail who are on a charge of murder. So you mentioned that there are other possible safeguards instead of bail. So what are some of those, if you don't mind expanding? So in Trinidad and Tobago, we have the Electronic Monitoring Unit, which is attached to the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service. So it is possible that you can give someone bail, but have a condition that they are monitored by the Trinidad and Tobago Police Service. And I think that will assist instead of just having this person locked away, all of their rights taken, and they're in a crowded facility because they were charged with murder. Okay, good. So what factors influence the decision of a magistrate to grant or refuse bail? Right. So these factors are provided by the bailer. And just to make sure that I don't put them wrong, I'm just going to read them for you here, right? So according to the Bail Act, right, a magistrate should consider the following factors, right? One, they should consider the antecedents of the person, this being the criminal record of the person who is charged, right? They should consider the severity of the offense, right? They should also consider the the convicted person or the accused person's history in terms of employment and or wealth. Um, The reason for this is to find out if they will be able to reintegrate with society, right? They should also consider whether this person is already on bail because if they were granted bail before and then they didn't attend court or they reoffend, then the likelihood is you should not deserve bail again, right? So these are the factors based on the act, right? In a very summarized way that the court would normally look at. Okay. So basically, if the accused person doesn't have any antecedents, the accused crime is not severe, and they have a history of employment, and they were not previously on bail, is it likely that they would be granted bail by the magistrate? Correct. It is likely that they will be granted. Now, there are other factors that are open to a magistrate. Um, Magistrate has discretion, and that discretion is unfettered. 
So they can also look at the particular facts in the particular matter and also decide on that to give bail. Okay. What options are available to a magistrate when granting bail? Right. So a magistrate has the option to grant bail with a name surety, right? Or to grant own bail, or to even grant bail to be approved by a justice of the peace. A magistrate can also grant a cash bail. Right. Thanks. So at this time, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back and thank you for staying with us. So before we went to our break, Victor was talking to us about the magistrate granting bail, what considerations they would have, and what options are available when the magistrate is considering granting bail. Now, what options are available to an accused person if bail is refused? Right, so if bail is refused, the offender can apply for a variation, sorry, the accused can apply to the high court, to a judge in chambers, for an appeal, right? This simply means that they can appeal the decision of the magistrate and seek bail from a judge in chambers. However, the judge still has the option to grant the bail and or to deny the bail and uphold the decision of the magistrate. So basically, if the magistrate refuses bail and you appeal it to a judge in chambers, it's not a guarantee that you will get bail. Correct. It's not a guarantee. Do you believe that having more non-bailable offenses would aid in the fight against crime in Trinidad and Tobago? No, I do not. And again, the reason for this is because the prison's system is extremely overcrowded and full. The justice system moves extremely slow. From the investigations by the police to the state prosecutors, it moves slow. And then there are some defense attorneys who, when they get a matter, because of the amount of matters they have, they are able to dedicate the required time for these matters, right? So having somebody in prison will not just allow other persons from deciding not to do crime. In addition to that, putting persons in prison, and this is from my limited experience, is that they become seasoned. So you put them in prison and then they come out worse than they went in. I think rehabilitation may be a better option than non-bailable offenses. So you're suggesting that instead of having more non-bailable offenses, we rehabilitate accused persons so that would essentially decrease the crime crime 
monster crime issue that we are currently facing. That is my belief at this present time. Yes. Okay. So you've had experience in the criminal arena. What advice would you give to someone who is considering becoming a criminal attorney? Read all of your laws, especially the Offenses Against the Persons Act, the Children's Act, the Bail Act, read the Constitution, read the criminal rules, because we are moving much more closer into that direction of following the criminal rules, which is similar to the civil proceeding rules. Right? Um, be human. A lot of these persons who would have been charged with criminal offenses, they don't have an outlet or an avenue or a support or a role model or anybody to look up to. So some of them are actually looking for that, especially the young persons who are in YTRC. Right? In addition to that, you have to be able to assess a person. And I will suggest going and do some kind of psychology program, a short course, because you have to know how to read persons. Um, an example is I had a client who he's on charge for murder um, and I'm assisting my senior on this matter. And he came out outright and said he did it, right? But he gave the reason why he did it, right? And if my senior had not prepared me to be able to deal with these situations, then I will have prejudged him and be like, okay, he's guilty. Just let him get sentenced. But now understanding his background, you get to understand why the person did it and whether they may do it again or not. And I believe that we as criminal attorneys should be an avenue in which we help persons in society to not remain in this criminal system, but to come out of it and be functioning, productive members of society. Thanks. That was a mouthful and all your points are very valid. But you mentioned YTRC. For those of us who don't know what that is, could you just explain? That is a youth correctional facility, right? So it is what we are trying to say, children prison for boys. All right. Thank you, Victor. So I'm sure our listeners learned something new from our discussion. So I just want to thank you for stopping by and sharing with us today. And we hope to see you again and all the best in your career. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Legal Corner podcast series. For more information, please visit us at our Facebook or Instagram pages or send your comments to thelegalcornerpodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you.